this is Abigail. And this is Dan. Together we pastor Hope Culture Church in Elgin, Illinois. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Thank you, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Man, I have already enjoyed your church, just getting to know you guys as a church. Let me tell you something. I believe that God is doing a special work in this church. And if you lean in, if you give God your all, if you follow your pastor's vision, I believe God's going to allow this to explode. And so I, I believe in you. I believe in your church. Just talking with Leanne and Noah, like I, I, I'm, I'm excited. Tiger, just hearing the dreams and the future that God has for them individually, but also for this church. I'm just so excited. So I honor, I celebrate you. Thank you for allowing me to be here, Pastor Abigail, Pastor Dan. This is an honor to be on your stage. And I just believe in what you guys are doing. You guys have great pastors great pastors. Uh, I've, I've been stalking you guys online, your online presence. Those of you online tuning in, thanks for being here. But it is beautiful. I've been watching your series. I'm keeping up with the summer series, summer stories, and it's beautiful. And Abigail has this amazing gift. Whatever she touches, it turns beautiful. I love it. I love it. And the sermon series has been so powerful. I've personally been growing. So if you've not watched all of the sermons, go back and watch the sermons. They are so fantastic. You guys are walking through the book of Mark. And so I've been enjoying it. Now, on your way, you should have received a little mustard seed. And so you, I just want you to hold that throughout this message. My favorite thing is to open up the word of God with saints. This is my favorite thing to do because when we open up the word of God, we're sharpened, we're encouraged, we're challenged, and we're better on the other side. But I want us to have hearts that are teachable, teachable and ready. When you come expecting God, when you come with a heart of faith, God always rewards that with his, his truth and his encouragement. One of the things that Pastor Dan has said uh, at the beginning of his messages is you can't follow someone you don't know. And that's such an important truth. We can't follow Jesus if we don't know Jesus. And I've been in the church for a long time. I've been in ministry for a long time. And one of the things that I see is sometimes people know church more than they know Jesus. And what I want us to do at the end of this time of the word is I hope that all of us are a little bit closer to following Jesus because we know him better. Now, the Heavenly Father, I, I love what he accomplished through the work of his son. Jesus came to this earth and instead of telling us to follow a bunch of rules and regulations, he simplified it and he said, just follow me. If we learn how to follow Jesus, then we'll live lives pleasing to the Heavenly Father. And so today we're going to be in Mark chapter 4. I'm so excited. Uh, it was hard picking out the parable because they're all so good. They're all so good. I was like, hone in on one, Bianca, hone in on one. So we're going to be in Mark chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 30 through 34, and it's about the parable of the mustard seed. And Jesus is introducing us to the kingdom of God through parables, and he's breaking down these big spiritual ideas and making them in simple terms so that we can grasp them because he wants us to have an understanding of the kingdom of God. He doesn't want us to stay in ignorance. He doesn't want us to stay in the dark. He wants for us to understand what the kingdom of God is like. So we're going to pick up in verse three, 30, and it says, Again he said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth, Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. 
With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. And so I've entitled today's message, From Tiny to Mighty. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word today. I thank you that you are ready to give us understanding of your word through the Holy Spirit. And so, Holy Spirit, you are our teacher. I ask that you would give us revelation of this word, just like you explained everything, Jesus. I just pray, Holy Spirit, you explain this truth to us. Every scripture we read, will you explain it further to us so that we can grow spiritually? And I just pray if there are any blinders on our eyes, anything that's causing our ears not to be ears that hear, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would allow those things to open up and fall off so that we can know Jesus more. And we just invite you in this place, and we pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I love how God works in the kingdom of God. He never uses, like, the normal. He usually uses unlikely, seemingly insignificant sources to do magnificent work. He starts off with something as tiny as a mustard seed. And I want you to look at it throughout the sermon. I want you to feel it, and if you can even find it. I, if someone even said, like, I can't even see it. And that, that's the point. It's so tiny, but it's mighty because of the power and the potential that God placed in something so small. And that's the kingdom of God. Now, going back to following Jesus, when we look at Jesus, then we can see the kingdom of God in him. He represents the kingdom of God. And today I know that God wants us to learn how to follow Jesus. I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, how are we successful at following anyone? Because it's a question that we can ask ourselves. And and one thing that I I thought about when I was thinking about following someone, when I first got married to my husband, the first time we traveled in the airport, I was not expecting this, but my husband was, like, booking it. Okay, my husband is six foot, I'm five, and he was like zooming through. And what is a quick sprint for him is a full on run for me. And so by the time we got to the gate, I was like huffing and puffing. And we finally sat down and I was like, why did we go through the airport that fast? I was like, what was the purpose of that? And he was like, oh, oh, yeah, sorry. Let me give you a backstory of my husband. My husband is my best friend. He's like the funnest person I know. He is going to take any experience and make it fun. Like, he'll take the extra steps. He just wants everyone to have a good time. And so he said, yeah, I I forgot to tell you this because it's kind of in my own brain. He says, when I go through the airport, I play a game in my head. He's like, I want to see how quick I can get through baggage and through security, how quick I can get to the gate. So I was like, okay, well, I've now married into this, and I'm playing the game as well. And so anytime we travel, I'm like, I want to be a good follower. I want to be able to follow behind. I don't want to be lagging behind. And so now anytime we travel, I've got my book bag on, y'all. I've got my purse strapped. I've got my ID in my hand, and I've got running shoes on. I'm like, oh, let's go. Let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with me. You're not going to outrun me. And now it's a culture of our family. I, I've taught our kids, my 13-year-old, my 9-year-old. I'm like, make sure you're ready because when dad starts going, He's going to be gone. And I was like, you've got to follow instructions. And now all of us do that. We try, to see, um, we try to see how quickly we can get to the gate. And it's just fun. But we learned how to be good followers. And if we're going to learn how to be good followers of Jesus, we've got to ask the question, how do you follow someone successfully? And the, the Holy Spirit really gave me these three things. Know their character, learn their language, and discover their heart. If we invest in those three things, if we know Jesus' character, if we know how he talks and how he doesn't talk, 
if we discover his heart, I believe we'll be able to follow Jesus every day without fail. And he wants to work on our heart. And, and, and I believe that the kingdom of God looks like Jesus. It's like a mustard seed. Jesus is like a mustard seed. He's known as the lion and the lamb. He came as a baby. He could have come as king of kings, just riding on a horse, but he chose to come as the most vulnerable way a human can come, as a baby. He didn't choose to spend all his time with the crowds, but instead he focused most of his time with the 12 ordinary unschooled men to invest in the tiny and then they became mighty. And that's how the kingdom of God works. He starts off small, what we think is small, and he blows it up for his glory. So if you're taking notes, the kingdom of God is humble but mighty. It's small. It's not what you think. It's, it's, it's upside down to what we believe because we see in this world how the world operates. And God's kingdom is so different. It's so humble but it's mighty. And so we never need to underestimate the small or despise small beginnings because God can take something small with a few committed people and allow it to grow. And not just grow where it's the benefit of the person, but I love how the scripture says that even the birds come and perch in its shade. We become a blessing to those around us. And I believe that that's what God wants to do in our lives where we're not only doing life for ourselves, but we're doing it for his kingdom and for others and when we do that, others get to perch in our shade. And I believe God will get the glory for it. Uh, my husband and I and our family, we just recently went on a vacation, and it was such a blessing. And one of the places we stayed, was, it, there was like a swirly pool slide. And my husband, he's the fun one, okay, he was uh, in the line, and he found out one of the teenagers had gone down head first. And so he's like, I'm doing that. I'm going to go down head first. And so there was like a little five-year-old girl behind him that said, you're not allowed to do that. I'm going to tell on you. And Jeremiah was like, well, I'm doing it anyway. And she was like, she sat back, and she was like, actually, I'm not going to tell on you because I want to see you do it. In fact, I pinky promise I will not tell on you, and I'll give you my $60. <laughs> and Jeremiah's like, you can keep your $60, but I will take the pinky promise. And there, Jeremiah and this five-year-old girl, pinky promised that she wouldn't tell anyone that he was going to go down the slide head first. And sure enough, he went down the slide head first, and then she came down, and she was like, high five, you did it, you did what you said you were going to do. And I just thought that that was so hilarious that they chose the pinky promise. Do you remember the pinky promise? It's like the humblest of all the fingers, but it, the pinky promise was powerful. You didn't break that pact. You didn't break that promise. And that's, the, that's like the kingdom of heaven. That's the kingdom of God. It seems so small, but it turns into something mighty. Listen, I want to encourage you today in your walk in faith. Maybe you don't feel like you've been growing the way you should be growing. Listen, as long as you keep letting the word plant in your heart, as long as you keep saying yes to God, as long as you keep saying, God, I will give you whatever you give me. I'll give it back to you. I promise you are growing in the kingdom of God. And God's growth is slow sometimes. It's slow, but it's mighty. But when it's big, it's massive, and, and it's there for the long haul. And so be encouraged today about that. I want to read Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. And this really just shows you that Jesus had the highest level of humility. And we are called to walk in humility. 
Just like the mustard seed, that humble, tiny little seed, we're called to walk in humility. It says in verse 5, it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I want to talk about humility for a moment because Jesus modeled that humility for us and so that gives us the power to walk in humility while we're on the earth. This is us being that tiny little seed that we take the humble route in every interaction. It says be, be, have the same mindset as Christ did towards one another and so this humility, Jesus modeled this to the highest form through death. He laid his life down and not just any death, death on a cross which is a criminal's death Although he was fully innocent, he died a criminal's death so that he could pay the price for our sins. And that's why we're always without excuse when we're saying, well, God, they did me wrong. Or they got an attitude or they did this. We can look at the cross and remember what Jesus has done for us and how he modeled humility and say, okay, if my Savior can do it, I can do it. And so I want to call us to that place of humility. Be humble. Be humble in your marriages. Be humble in your careers. Be humble at church. Be humble at school. If you are humble and you honor those above you, I promise honor will chase you down. But the moment that we let pride operate in our lives, it's right before the fall. And so that's the, that's the kingdom mindset that God wants us walking into, that mustard seed mindset that seems so small and tiny and seemingly insignificant, but it's not because inside of it has power. When we take the humble route, God can use that. He's close to the humble. And I want to say, I just want to speak to marriages really quick. I, I shared this with our church uh, several weeks back, and it wasn't even my notes about marriage, but I wanted to say, listen, keep investing in your marriage. Even when it gets tough, there are tough seasons where you just want to throw in the towel because they're just being so difficult or they just never see it your way. Let me tell you, don't give up on your marriage. Take the humble route. Be the first to say I'm sorry. Be the first to understand the other person. Something that Jeremiah and I have picked up on, uh, we've been married for 17 years now, and we still get in disagreements. In fact, right before our 17th anniversary, we got in a fight right the day before we celebrated. And it was the best celebration, but of course we got in an argument the day before. The enemy knows how to hit right before there's a celebration because he does not like marriage because it's an institution of God. And, and one thing that we committed to is as long as we learn from those arguments, what did we learn about the other person? What did we learn about our marriage? Then it wasn't a wasted argument. Uh, Pastor Dan actually shared this in one of his sermons, and, and he was saying, like, just expect conflict in relationships because it's going to happen. <laughs> you can't go through life expecting everything's going to be smooth. There's going to be conflict, but that conflict can 
allow us to grow closer together. And so just, just be aware that the enemy is scheming and he's not creative. He just uses the same schemes over and over again. He uses the same lies over and over again. And so don't fall for it. Don't throw away what God has joined together. In fact, believe and champion marriages because I just want to say that there is a spiritual attack on marriages right now in our nation and around the world. And it's because God instituted it. It's because there's so much life that flows from it. There's children and blessings and generations and warriors and arrows that are going to come forth from marriages. And so don't fall for the lies of the enemy. That's why it's so important that we stay in the word of God and that we know what the word of God says to us and that we build our convictions between us and the Lord so that we know what his word says because culture is going to come and it's going to share all of these different things that seem like it's positive, but it's not of God. And we've got to recognize those lies. If we don't know God's truth, we'll fall for the lies of the enemy. And so be humble in your marriages. Be humble in your careers. Jesus even trained his disciples. And he said, listen, the, the rulers of this world lord leadership over them. And he said, not so with you. Like, it should not be that way. And I love your leaders because they're so humble. Like, you can see it in their spirit. They're not here to just have the stage and be like, this is about me. I, they have a passion for God and a passion to see more souls reached for the kingdom of God. And they're devoted to you as the church. And so I, I love your leaders. And that's the type of leadership Jesus wants us to walk in. So when you go to your jobs, hey, don't be the one that's like, oh, that job is above me or, or beneath me, I'm sorry. Instead, be the one that's willing to take the smaller, the smaller projects. Be the one that's saying, hey, I don't mind doing that. My husband and I are like, dude, if we have to clean a toilet in our church, we're going to clean the toilet if it needs to be done. If there's nobody else. I, I went to ministry school, and uh, you just got used to setting up chairs. We had committed in our hearts, I'm going to set up chairs for the rest of my life. And guess what? I still set up chairs. Even as lead pastors, we still set up chairs. It is just part of it, and it's good for your character to stay in that place of humility and, and just making that commitment, saying, I'm never going to be at a place where something is beneath me. And when you represent that in your workplace, I, I promise people will see it, and then they will see God. And then, then you'll have this opportunity to bring glory to him and share Jesus Listen, be humble in the church. There's going to be offense, as we talked about. There's going to be offense. Be the first one to go to your brother or sister. Say, how can we make this right? What did I do wrong? You know, assume that maybe you did something wrong. That's, that's one area that God's working on me. Assume that I maybe did something wrong, even though I didn't mean to. Listen, when your pastors say, this is the vision, this is where we're going, can I just encourage you, have a yes, pastor spirit. When they say, hey, go to the growth track because we need you to go through this. We know, we know, yes, pastors. When they say, hey, join the dream team, you say, yes, pastors, which crew should I be a part of? When they say, hey, we're, we're doing vacation Bible school, hey, yes, pastors. Listen, I served our pastor for 13 years before we became lead pastors. And something that my husband and I, we always just said yes to him. Even jobs that I was like inside, I was like, I don't really want to do this. But honor said, no, say yes because you're under his vision. And so if you honor his vision, I promise, like God honored us. And so let me just encourage you. And when you do that, guess what? God can truly use, because that's where the blessing flows when the body is united. And so just say yes. And when you have that humility, God will do mighty things. He'll take something tiny and turn it into something mighty. So be humble. Uh, we, I have this 
dream team, these two dream teamers, they're married, Marshall and Alicia. And Marshall is our MD for our worship team, and Alicia is part of our production team. And they serve almost every week. They're so faithful. They're so wonderful. And there was one one conversation we were having in between services, and there were these two young men that had walked up. They had only been coming for a few weeks. They're these two young adult men, and they were brand new to God. They did not grow up in church, and they, they came up and started talking with us, and they were like, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just want to say thank you for the service. They were like, God's really doing something in our lives, and one of the, the young men said, you know, I, even today, I said, God, if you're real, would you show me? And he said, in that moment, I just felt something, and I just said, that's the presence of God. You experience the presence of God for the very first time. And they're like, oh, yeah. And then they went on with their day. And as soon as they left, I turned to Marshall and Alicia. And they were already smiling and nodding their heads. And I said, that's why we do what we do. That's why we show up every Sunday so that we can make it possible for others to experience the presence of God so that we can give them opportunity to meet Jesus. I'm sorry, I'm a crier, so I always keep tissues on me because no matter how many times I understand what Jesus has done for me, it still moves me. When I think about the sacrifice he paid when he didn't have to do it because he loves us so much, it still moves me. The first time I heard the gospel, I was just a teenager. I grew up in the Catholic church. And the first time I was in a little Baptist, little uh, portable room, and they were having youth group. They gave a clear presentation of the gospel. I found out that Jesus died for me but loved me, and he wanted to be my savior. And my spirit just burst open. And as a 14-year-old, I said, this is it. This is what I've been looking for my whole life. This is what I've been searching for. And ever since then, I've been following Jesus. I've definitely gone down some paths I shouldn't have, but he brings us back to him. And even to this day, when I think about the gospel and I think about Jesus, it brings me to tears because I'm so loved. And I want everyone to experience that kind of love. And that's why we do what we do. And so when you come and you bring your gifts and you sacrifice, even when it's early in the morning and you're just serving the Lord, I promise you, God is doing a mighty work, a mighty work through you. And don't ever underestimate and, and stay far away from the comparison game. Stay far away from like, well, so-and-so gets to be on the stage or my thing is just pushing buttons. No, every part is ushering in the presence of God. Every part is setting up a heart to receive the gospel for the very first time. So whether you're a greeter at the door smiling and making people feel so welcome, whether you're up there and you're doing lights or sound, whether you're on the stage doing worship and the word, or you're in the kids changing diapers, come on somebody, I think they do get, I think they do get more crowns in there, <laughs> um, more jewels in their crowns for changing diapers. Regardless, we're all in this together, we're one body, and it's all about his glory. At the end of the day, it's all about God's glory. So we need to check our ego at the door and say, you know what, God, this is all about you. I just want to step out of the way and give you my very best. But Jesus was exalted to the highest place. He was exalted to the highest place because he was first submitted. He was willing to die. In fact, he was praying right before he sacrificed. He allowed his life to be sacrificed for our sin. And he said, but not my will be done, your will. And so Jesus was willing to be submitted, and because of that, God chose to exalt him to the highest place. And one day, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. 
And so I love I loved the worship time that we're proclaiming the worship of Jesus. The, the Bible says if, if we lift him up, he will draw men unto himself. There is a, an awakening I don't know if you can sense it, but there's a spiritual awakening happening in the earth right now because people are hungry. They're hungry for God. Some of them don't know why they're hungry. They just know, they just know that something's happening and nothing else has filled them. And I believe God's going to draw people here because you're lifting up the name of Jesus. So he's going to draw people here. And so as you prepare here, and I love how excellent, there's a spirit of excellence here. And I believe that that honors God and inspires people. And when they say, oh, you take care of the coffee bar that well, surely they care about my soul. And so thank you for all that you're doing. I just celebrate you because we're, we're Big C Church. We may be in Bolingbrook, but we're Big C Church together. We're one church. We're not in competition. We're one big family. And one day we're going to rejoice together in heaven. There's going to be a worship team. And we're, all of us are going to sing together in one place, singing to our Lord Jesus. And it's going to be powerful. So keep doing what you're doing. I want to read Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 through 22 because I want to shift now from this idea of God taking something tiny and then he makes it mighty and this is our identity right here because we're supposed to allow the kingdom of God to grow in us it's a daily work it's a daily process and and growth but I love what he said in Mark chapter 4 he said that he spoke the word to them as much as they could understand and and it's important that as we approach the word that we have a heart that's teachable saying, God, give me understanding. That it's not just about receiving knowledge, but it's about getting understanding of that knowledge and so that we can continue to grow. And then I love how he said, but when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. And so God wants to explain things at a deeper level. And so in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 22, This just shows us what Jesus has accomplished for us. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that brings faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water and the blood of Jesus has allowed us to walk in power and might and it's not through our own doing it's through the blood of Jesus and this passage it's paralleling the 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 temple in the old testament because there were places in the temple that only certain people could go and only the high priest could go on certain days of the year and there were sacrifices that were made there was this huge huge curtain that separated people from the holies of holies and and what it's saying here is Jesus has torn the curtain because he is now that curtain for us when we stand before God guess what God doesn't see us and our sin he sees the perfect righteousness of Christ and that's why we need to receive salvation, and it's, it's an individual experience. That's one thing God cannot force, is for you to receive the gift of salvation. Redemption has been received by the blood of Jesus and for him raising again, but we must receive salvation through faith on our own individually, making Lord Jesus um, our Lord. And so I want to talk about three things that the blood of Jesus gives us access to um, and, and gives us power in. And the first one is, is the blood of Jesus gives us access. And the enemy's voice says, shame on you. But God says, draw near. And so Jesus 
gave us access to our heavenly father. He's a holy God. He's a mighty God. And, and sin separated us from a holy God. And sin is an archery term. It means miss the mark. And no matter what we tried to do, we would never, ever, ever hit the mark. And so Jesus hit the mark for us. And because of that, we now have access into the holy of holies. I want you to think about that for a second. What we were separated from because of our sin, they had to do all these sacrifices in the Old Testament, follow all of these rules, all of these laws and regulations just so that they could worship physically. Now, because of the blood of Jesus, I have full access and I can come with confidence because of what Jesus has done. And I can go into the Holy of Holies and I can experience the presence of God. And now the curtain has been torn in two. It says it was cut, uh, torn from the top to the bottom. And now it, just, it just represents this freedom in relationship. That's why the church doesn't need to preach rules and regulations. It needs to preach Jesus. Follow Jesus. Because he's going to, he, you know what he wants? He just wants a relationship. I know that sounds so basic, but I've, I've seen so many people, they're like, just tell me, tell me what to do. Tell me how to follow. Tell me all the things. And I'm like, get with God. Open your word. What I'm giving to you is a snack. It's a snack because I'm the one that spent the time with the Lord. But I want you to spend the time with the Lord and receive your own convictions from Jesus. To know what his voice sounds like to you. But we get access. See, the enemy, he uses shame to keep us from the Father. It's an old trick. That's why when Jesus died, it says he endured the cross, scorning its shame. Why? Because there's shame attached to sin. And shame says you can't worship because of what you've done. You can't go to church because of what you've done. But God's voice says, draw near to me because of what Jesus has done. We can draw near the heavenly father because of the blood of Jesus. And we've got to distinguish those two voices. The next one is the blood of Jesus gives us authority. The enemy says, you are a victim, but God says, you are a victor. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And so we have authority today. I hope that when you leave this place, that you're walking in a greater level of authority than you've ever walked before. I just wanna give you a glimpse of this type of authority that Jesus gave us. And it's not in our own authority. It's in the name of Jesus, Yeshua. We stand in his name. And because of, the Bible says that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. And when we receive Jesus, now we are empowered. And he sent out his 12 and he said, go, go into all the world, make disciples. He said, cast out demons, touch the lepers and they'll be healed. And he empowered them. Listen, when Jesus was on earth, he was speaking to storms saying, peace be still, and the elements had to obey him. They had to obey him. Listen, what if we would wake up one day and just say, wow, that authority lives in us. We can speak to the mountain to be cast into the sea and it will be done for us if we just have faith like a mustard seed. That's all we need. We just need a tiny amount of faith and God will do the rest. Remember that mustard seed. When you feel small, just remember the power that lies within that seed and walk in that authority today. Listen, when, when things come your way that you know that's not of God, you can reject it. You can say, I don't receive that word. 
I don't receive that over me. I don't receive this circumstance. It's not a place of denial. It's not a name it and claim it. It's it walking in the power and authority that comes with the blood of Jesus. What he accomplished, he wants to continue to do in the earth. There should be signs and wonders that follow us. Listen, if you meet someone in the grocery store and they're talking about, man, I've got cancer, can I say, walk in the authority and say, can I pray for you right now? Because I believe in a God who still heals to this day and plead the blood of Jesus over them. And if you're saying, well, Bianca, I can't do that. That's, ooh, talk to strangers. Ooh, okay. Listen, the baptism in the Holy Spirit gives us power and boldness to be witnesses. If you need the baptism in the Holy Spirit, just ask God. He wants to baptize you so that you receive power from on high to walk in that authority. And the last one is, is the blood of Jesus gives us authenticity. The enemy says you are a fraud, but God says you are a son or daughter. And I know what this is like because there were so many years I never felt like I fit in at church because I didn't grow up in church as a child. I remember in a youth group they'd say, you know, oh, you know the story of David and Goliath. And I'd be like, no. And I'd be like, Plank, what, what, is, what happened? You know, and I would be playing catch up. And so there, there were so many times in, in years where I felt like an imposter. You know that imposter syndrome? Like, who are you to be doing what you're doing? And the enemy, he, he says these things and he says them so loudly. But if we tune in to the Holy Spirit, he'll remind us, no, you're a daughter of the king. You're a daughter of the king. You fit right in. You are part of the family. You have been grafted in. You are adopted through sonship. You're an heir of Christ. Listen, if you are going through a time of depression or confusion about who you are, can I encourage you? Will you just speak the word of God over you every day? Will you just find some of those scriptures that said, I am the righteousness of Christ. I am a daughter of the King. I am saved. I'm delivered. I'm a victor. I'm more. Say those promises over you and watch how you grow into this fresh identity that God has given all of us and walk in that identity and watch how God uses the church and multiplies. Did you know that there's a spirit of multiplication on the church? God wants to multiply. You know why? Because the days are evil and the end is near. And this is not fear and gloom. This is to keep fire inside of us. Not just fire under us, fire inside of us. And when we go out, listen, if if you've been feeling like, oh, I've just gotten into a rut, a routine, listen, get with God. Watch him light a fire in you to go all over again. Because when we go out there, we can't bring the gospel being like, yeah, Jesus died for you. You, you wanna, you, we've gotta go out there and, and share our testimony. All you gotta do is share your testimony. I was lost and now I've been found. Jesus saved me, he cleansed me of all my sin. And listen, God will give you the exact words and the right people. That's why he said, you don't have to worry about what you're gonna say. The Holy Spirit will give us exactly what we're gonna say in those moments. And we can just trust him. I'm in, I'm in this place right now where I'm just listening to the Holy Spirit every step of the way. Like when I go to the store or, or whatever it is I'm doing, I'm like keeping my eyes open because God may want to minister at any point in time. And so I'm just like, Holy Spirit, are you doing something? You got any Zacchaeuses in the tree? Like what, what's going on? And he will give you eyes to see because I want as many people to go to heaven with us because guess what? We can't bring anything to heaven except souls. That's it. 
That's it. And so we want to, we want to encourage everyone to say, here, this is what Jesus has done for you. He loves you so much. He died for you and he rose again on the third day. And so today you can walk in power. You can walk in authority. You can have forgiveness. You can receive salvation. He can make you new. And when you walk in that thrill of life, I'm telling you, people will be drawn. Jesus was a magnet. He would, people were just following him because he was doing miracles, but he was speaking truth. And they said, we've never heard a teacher teach like this with this kind of authority. And I believe that God wants to do that in the church. You don't have to have preacher as your title, but you can go out and live the word of God and preach a hundred sermons just by the way that you live, just by the way that you love. I want us, I want us to pray right now. And I, I just want to give us an opportunity to, to let the Holy Spirit do a work in our hearts. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been challenging you or convicting you about a specific area or, or maybe he's, he's, he's pushing you out of your comfort zone to step into a specific area. I just want to encourage you to say yes. Just say yes where you're at. Maybe you, there was something that you know God has been calling you to do, but you've, fear has kept you from doing what you're supposed to do and the Holy Spirit's exposing that. And he wants to, he wants to remove that fear and he wants to give you all the authority to walk forward. So I want you to have a moment right now with God. God, we just thank you. We invite you in this place, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Have your way. Speak to our hearts right now. Right where you're at, you can just talk with God. You can just give God things that have been on your heart. Maybe there's some pain. Maybe there's some wounds. Maybe there's a, a spirit of rejection that you've been having to grapple with. Can I ask you to just cast it on the Lord today? Be open to receive that healing from him. Maybe there's a relationship issue that you know you need it to be in the hands of God. Maybe it's your marriage. Give it to God today. Maybe it's your child that's not following the Lord. Give that child to the Lord today. Because we need you. We invite you in this place right now. We thank you for speaking to us through the word. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that has given us so much freedom, given us access and authority and authenticity. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Jesus, you are so worthy of praise. You're so worthy of honor. God, we thank you for speaking to the church. I wanna give an opportunity for those, maybe you need to start your relationship with Jesus today. Maybe you can't claim I'm a son or daughter of, of, of God because I, I've never entered in that relationship and I wanna enter in right now, right where you're at. If you just open up your heart, if you're watching online and you're saying, I wanna make that decision today. He's ready, he's already paid the price. And you can pray right where you're at. I wanna encourage you, connect your heart with God today. All you have to do is invite Jesus and confess your sins. Just confess your sins. Say, God, I confess my sin to you. I turn away from those sins. I give my life to you. Today, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died for me. I believe that he rose again. And I receive the free gift of salvation today. And today, I am saved. And I believe in faith that you have washed me you have made me new, and I thank you for receiving me 
in the kingdom of God today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for those that are making that decision, that commitment today to give their lives over to you. God, we worship you. We give you praise. Come on, church. Can we just give a hand clap of praise for those that made that decision? Hallelujah. God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Would you stand with me right now? Right now, we're going to go into a song of worship. And what I love is at the end of a word, I love when our hearts can just be solidified in what God spoke to us. And so I want to encourage you, open up your hearts to God, and let's just go after him for the next few moments and just worship him and allow him to just continue to grow in our hearts. Would you worship with us? Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear about what God is doing in your life. To share your story or a prayer request, simply hit contact on our website. You can also support the ministry of Hope Culture Church by visiting hopeculturechurch.com give. We hope you have a great week.